The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I'm glad that you're listening with us today. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for your comments on Facebook and for your emails. Uh, We love hearing from you. It's great to uh, see what you're thinking and to hear how it is that Spirit of Recovery is touching your life. I'm very grateful uh, for your participation here with us. You can find us on Facebook um, at Spirit of Recovery and post on our wall anytime. Again, we love hearing from you. We thank you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your unity community, know about Spirit of Recovery. It's just great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery here on Unity Online Radio, unity.fm. And we are glad to know that uh, we're touching your heart. We always bring you great guests guests that um, have lots to share about the process of spirituality, about the process of recovery. And our guests are always people who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable, who are innovative. Um, Sometimes our guests are people who are in recovery themselves or they're people who work with recovering people or people who write about and teach about topics that are important to recovering people. We're always bringing you practical information and inspirational information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, so if you're a person who's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member who's in your own recovery as a family member or a family member or friend of somebody with the disease of addiction, whether or not they or you are in recovery or you're just curious, just interested in this idea about spirituality and recovery, we are you're welcome here on Spirit of Recovery. We're glad that you're listening and we welcome you um, to join in our discussion or um, post on our Facebook wall or anything. We're just really glad you're with us. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister. I'm also uh, an addictions counselor. I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And over 30 years ago now, those relationships got me involved in an active path of personal growth 
my own recovery as a family member and friend and my own path of spiritual development. So my walk is an integration of the unity spiritual principles and the 12-step recovery principles, and that walk keeps transforming my life. Uh, It calls me to deeper and deeper integrity and a deeper understanding and relationship of my higher power. And so I'm so grateful, just very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your recovery walk. Today, our topic is who I am is good enough, and that's a really important topic for people in recovery because uh, we know that uh, when we're in recovery, sometimes that we've been some places in our lives that have felt uh, really awful of many times that we've experienced destructiveness in our lives or in the lives of those people that we love or when we've obsessed about People that have that disease of substance addiction, uh, we know how we can really get um, into a very negative space. So the word recover means to regain, reclaim, retrieve, or revive something of value that has been lost. So today what we're going to be talking about is um, what gets lost isn't really ourself. You can't lose yourself. You can't lose that sense of really that self or that higher power relationship but what we can lose lose sight of anyway is our awareness of that we can go to sleep in a sense we can't diminish our spiritual identity but we can sure forget that we've got one and so today my guest is an author who knows a lot about that his name is Doug Batorf, and he is a unity minister he's the author of several wonderful spiritual books a Practical Guide to Meditation and Prayer, A Practical Guide to Prosperous Living, and a spiritual novel, The Whisper of Pialigos. And Doug is also the author of a brand new book, which we're going to be talking about uh, today, lots of the ideas in that. It's called Native Soul, Unlocking Your Life's Potential. And in this book, um, Doug talks a lot about this idea of our innate spirituality and how it really can't be lost and how, indeed, we really are good enough. You can learn more about Doug on his website. That's www.jdbotorf, that's B-O-T-T-O-R-F-F dot com, J-D-B-O-T-T-O-R-F-F dot com. So, Doug, thank you for being with us today on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you, Anna. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, lots of people in recovery do um, have a tough time with the issue of self-esteem. As I was saying, um, lots of times if people have been um, somehow affected by addiction, life can get very negative. And so one of the most important aspects of the recovery process is getting a sense of self back and getting a sense of self-esteem. And you have a real unique idea, really, Doug, about self-esteem and and what what it is that doesn't really get lost or that sense of self. So how do you understand the self or our relation to, to the, of that self to, to who we are in our actions? Well, I think the, uh, the my take on this whole thing is that what we're really trying to recover is the awareness, as you said uh, in the beginning here, of who and what we are as a spiritual being, and I have uh, I'm using the term native soul to describe this aspect. It is uh, it is everything that we are looking for, 
And I, I, I happen to believe that when, when we become addicted to things outside of ourselves, what we're really trying to do is fill that, that void that, um, that has come from our getting away from uh, this true core. And so we feel this, this emptiness, this need to, to take on more. And instead of looking within where this more is found, you know, we, we tend to look outside of ourselves. And uh, I think some people are, you know, addicted to, to various substances. Some people are addicted to uh, things like money. Some people are addicted to power. Some are addicted to um, just the need to achieve and show the world that they are really okay. And there's all kinds of, of addictions, it seems, but it, I think it could be traced back to uh, this void, this this, uh, and, and it's really not a void. It's a void in memory or void in understanding of of the wholeness that's already there. And I think that's a very uh, it's it's kind of an oversimplified uh, statement, perhaps. And it takes you know something to get back to that wholeness. But really, when people recover from anything that's really what happens is they let go of a false sense of who they are in favor of a of a truer sense of who they are and that brings about the the healing that that they seek or that we seek we're all addicted to something i think in you know one one form or another but uh, may not think of it that way but if you feel lack of any kind uh you know the the true self the true essence of who and what we are lacks nothing. And the closer we get to our own center, the more fulfilled we are. And um, that's a fact, I mean, uh, that anyone can, can prove to themselves. You know, on your best day, you don't need anyone or anything, you know, to, to fill the void. But it's, it's in those moments of weakness when you feel like you're inadequate and uh, a partial person that, that we reach out and try to find that thing outside of ourselves that'll that'll fill that sense of void. Mm-hmm. When you're talking, it reminds me of that. It's a, a famous quote that the psychiatrist Carl Jung uh, wrote in a correspondence he had with Bill Wilson, the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, where uh, uh, Jung characterized addiction as looking for God but knocking at the wrong address. Yeah. I, and I would just say that, in, in meaning the, exactly the same thing, but we're looking for the true self, mm-hmm. which is the, the, the essence of God uh, expressed as each one of us. And I, I would totally agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. How would you describe that um, that sort of inner outer idea about God, as, as you just said, in a sense, the self is God in expression, but... How do you do that? I mean, what what's a small question here? Who's God, Doug, and where is God? We can answer well, that in a minute or two, right? Um, actually, no, but um, yes, yes, and no, both. Uh, a person can come to know God in a matter of seconds, but as far as finding words to describe what that is, is impossible. We've been trying for ages, and nobody's done it. Uh, but if if we um, the 
the, the, the bottom line of, of, of the way we are designed and created is we're expressions of that infinite power we call God. That I like, I like to refer to God as the creative life force. Uh, that puts my mind closer to something. When I when I mention the word God, my mind goes way back, you know, to the beginning of the image I hold of the old man up in the sky, and the, probably most of us have some concept of a of this big entity, all powerful entity. But I think of God as the creative life force, as and and I can relate to that because that creative life force is always trying to and expanding through me. Uh, any sense of dissatisfaction I have, for example, I attribute to my somehow frustrating that uh, expansive movement of God that is in me, and uh, or that creative life force. And so, how do I know that 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 God is present? I can tell by that, you know, by that there's something in me that knows it is and can be more. So what is that something? That's the voice of God. It's the the voice of the creative life force, that impulse, that expansive impulse in me that says, okay, I've defined myself in this way, but that's not enough. I have to let go if I'm going to experience that deeper movement. But I have said many times uh, in from the pulpit and in books that... Um, Many people think they have not heard ever the voice of God, but if you've ever been dissatisfied with who you think you are or your life in general, you have heard the voice of God and you've heard it as a a greater presence saying you have defined yourself in a limited way. Don't stop here. That's why you're dissatisfied. This is the voice of, of expansion and the voice of... Uh, the true self, the spiritual dimension. So we're all in touch with this this greater presence all the time. We may not even think of it or call it that, but that's what it is exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, uh, too, people will speak of, well, I got into recovery because, um, you know, life got so bad that I just couldn't stand it anymore, and, you know, I, I changed, whether that's a a family member, a friend, or somebody you know with substance addiction or or a behavioral addiction, whatever form it's taking. But it's that idea that I I got in because it got so bad. And but if you keep talking to people and listening to their story, that's only half of the story. That is part of it. Is that things were so bad I couldn't stand anymore. But every single time, the other part of the story is just what you're talking about. Is that somehow now, in that person, there was this sense of hope, or there was somehow this sense of somebody said something to me that opened a door for me. There was always that sense of this greater power, this spiritual nature, somehow propelling because of a possibility, something that could, could be better every single time. I've never failed to hear that in a story. Yeah. If you were... An adult put into a, a child's learning situation, you would know immediately that you were you were not in the right place, and you would you know because it would be below what you already know. And um, but if somebody convinced you you needed to be there, you know you would be dissatisfied with being in that environment because you know you're more. And I think when when people's lives get so bad that. Um, they're forced to change. That's what's going on. 
in a, mm-hmm. in a in a different sense, sort of, but but really in a very similar sense. I mean, why would you know your life is messed up? Why would you know? Why would you be unhappy if you somehow didn't know deeper in yourself that there was a better way? And we know that there's a better way. We may not consciously have connected with that, but that knowing is a you know the thing that that you get up in the morning and you say, "My life can be better today." The reason you're saying that is because there's something in you saying that, and the something in you that's saying that is the better way. It's that that uh, creative life force standing at the door of your consciousness and knocking. And the the object is to let it in. And yes, sometimes we need to address uh, specific situations that are become intolerable. But why did we put ourselves there in the first place? Because we have defined ourselves in a limited way, and uh, that situation is calling to our attention that definition and saying you need to redefine. You know, you haven't you haven't thrown a big enough lasso around this uh, self-identity you need to widen the net so to speak Mm -hmm. so it's always really the inner self our spiritual nature our native soul is always inviting us to understand ourselves bigger than we are yeah Mm -hmm. yeah if you if you stuff yourself you're if you stuff the native soul into a a jar an identity jar and it doesn't fit you know it's just not going to be comfortable and so that the natural response, nature's response, is to say, no, we can't stop here. You know, we see uh, out here in the West, we see um, trees that grow out of apparent nothing, out of rocks. You know, they're, they find little cra- cracks and crevices. And um, it looks like it's impossible. It's an impossible place for a tree to grow. But <clears throat> that tree does not allow its environment to define it. it it finds a way through the tiniest cracks to send roots down into soil and uh, things that are not visible to us and i think we're always like that we're like that tree the the native soul is always rooted in its source and um, so you can take the worst possible environment and still find yourself in that and grow in that and and be very productive. Some people will continue to blame their environment and never, you know, say, I I live on a rock, I can't grow. It's time for our break. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Listeners, stay with us. We'll be back in a few minutes. You are listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. 
To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. From on the air to on the sea, pack your bags and come with me. Hey, hey, what you waiting for? An early winter rendezvous with all the things you love to do. Hey, hey, treat yourself to more. A little more summer, a little more sun, a little less work and a lot more fun. A little more beach, a little more sand. A little less stress and a lot more pain. Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less do and a lot more be. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're listening with us today. If you're just joining us, my guest is Doug Batorf, and our topic is Who I Am is Good Enough. Doug is a Unity Minister. He is an author. He's written several books, The Practical Guide to Meditation and Prayer, A Practical Guide to Prosperous Living, and a spiritual novel, The Whisper of Pialigos, and his recent book is called Native Soul, Unlocking Your Life's Potential. And uh, we're talking with Doug today about how it is that uh, we are truly innately that God life, the great creative life force, and that there's nothing, absolutely nothing that can break or tarnish or diminish that, and that what's happening for us in the recovery process is that we are recovering our awareness of that innate well-being. But before Doug and I start our conversation again, I invite you to join me for a very brief moment of serenity in the Serenity Minute, and hopefully you've got lots of serene moments in your life. But I invite you to join me to relax and hear this constructive idea and allow it to be real for you to find that in yourself. So here it is. My true nature is creative life itself. Creative life is who I am My true nature is creative life itself. Who I am is creative life. Thank you, friends, for joining me in this Serenity Minute. And now I'm back to my conversation with Doug Batorf, and you can learn more about Doug at www jdbotorf.com and that's j d b o t t o r 
www.ffff.com. And uh, Doug, right before the break, you were talking with us about how trees can grow seemingly out of rock, but actually they're finding nourishment so that even in the worst of environments, we're still, that self is still in there. What else would you say yeah. to us about that? Well, if, if you think of the rock as the, uh, the impossible environment, you know, that we many times we'll get ourselves in situations where the outer looks like, you know, I can't grow here. Uh, I have to change the outer. I have to uh, change something about myself. I have to change something outside. And by outside, that can be part of yourself. It can be, you know, your actual, uh, it could be a marriage. It could be a job. It could be a, where you live. It could be anything. And so we, we look at that and we say, as it is, I can't grow, and so it must, I must change. And it's this type of thinking, I think, that lead people to addictions to various things, whether it's substance abuse or whatever. It can be, as I said earlier, many, many different things. But, see, nobody tells the, the tree that it can't grow in that environment. There's something in it that it has never given up, and that is its innate identity, its true self. And so that true self knows how to grow in that environment. It knows how to find the way. And uh, there's, if, if we take that same attitude in ourselves, like consciously I may not know the answer. I may not know how to solve this problem. I may not know how to make my life better. But there's something in me that does. It is a whole uh, ex- expression of God or the creative life force and it knows how to reveal to me what to do next. If we take that attitude instead of affirming constantly, like most of us probably do, is I don't know what to do. You know, if, if you if you affirm that enough, you won't know what to do. And that's uh, uh, in, in total contradiction to or contradistinction to the idea that I do know what to do. There's something in me that does know how to send down those roots and how to begin to prosper right here, right now. And it may mean that we make very hard decisions. You know, it may lead us to uh, breaking away from that uh, that person that seems to be dragging us down or that job that just doesn't allow us to grow and expand. But we don't start there with those things. We start with the idea that there is a wholeness in me now that knows how to grow right where it is under these circumstances. And that wholeness begins to to show us the way out. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we have, like with your tree image there, like we have, uh, even even if we are pretty asleep to ourselves, we still always have those roots that, that yeah. somehow go in, our, our roots of awareness that somehow go into that, that spiritual essence that we can always well, the, tap into it. Yeah, with all plants, you know, the, the blueprint of the whole plant is wrapped up in the seed. We know that. And if you think of your native soul as in the same way, it's, it's your divine seed, it's your divine essence. And the whole of what you are is wrapped up in that. It, it, the, the, the right environment for that is not necessarily an outer environment. It's an, it's an attitude. We, we put that seed in the attitude of 
there is an intelligence in me that knows how to unfold and grow and open doors right here in this situation. Uh, then the taproot begins to come and things begin to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One uh, issue that is very prevalent in people uh, in a recovery process is this feeling that somehow I'm broken, that I'm inadequate, I'm not enough, I goofed up. Again, whether it's you're a family member or friend or whether you're somebody with an active you know, sort of substance or process addiction, you get a lot of messages from society that says you're not all right and inside because of the immense amount of pain and often very difficult circumstances that have been generated. You feel like, look, man, I, I'm, not, I'm not all right here. Um, and, and that's a big thing that people in recovery have to overcome is that sense that they're broken. You really aren't broken. So... Um, Talk a little bit more about how you know that. How can a person discover that they're not broken? I I think it's sometimes it will come to a person in a flash, sometimes not. Um, I think think our tendency is to accept responsibility when our world falls apart around us, when we make choices that, you know, we're not, not the greatest choices. Uh, that that end up in a bad relationship or <clears throat> whatever. There's a tendency to blame, but what I'm reminded of is the the story uh, of Jesus, where a a man that was born, uh, he was blind from birth, was brought to him, and and uh, people said, "Who sinned? You know, this man or his parents?" And they're looking for an answer to why is this condition here. And basically his response, I think, is something that should cause us all to sit up and take notice. And that is basically it doesn't matter who sinned. It doesn't matter what the cause of the blindness is. Uh, the, the man, did he sin in the previous life or did his parents sin and, you know, he's the effect of that sin or whatever. He's saying none of that matters. What matters is that we acknowledge the truth, you know, the, the, the presence of God, uh, this is an opportunity to see the works of God. He said something like that, and um, we can look at it in the same way. You can blame yourself all day long. If if you're walking, I give this example because we live in the desert out here. And if you're walking through the desert at night and you fall in a hole, you know you can blame your mother for not teaching you to uh, carry a flashlight. Uh, but the fact is, you're in the hole. So what do you do? And so you're sitting in this hole, and you successfully conclude that it, it's your mother's fault. You know, I, I should have had a flashlight, and she never taught me to carry one. So here I am in this hole, and I'm, I've successfully concluded that my mother's to blame, but I'm still in the hole. So I have to ask myself, so is this what I want? And you come to the realization that, okay, I can blame my mother, but I'm still in the hole. What will get me out of this hole? And I think this is what brings people to realize that they have within themselves right now what they need to, uh, enough to get out of that hole, that they're not broken. What's broken is blaming mother for the problem that exists right now. And that's so easy to do. That's one of our first inclinations. But if you want to get out of the hole, you have to stand up in that hole and start working on looking for toe holes or looking for ways out of that hole. 
And uh, that's when you get it. You know, that's when you start saying, I am okay. I have everything I need to get out of this hole. Hmm. We following up on that, and you you discuss this uh, a bit in your book, Native Soul. We live in a culture that is image driven a lot. A, that is that we have created somehow anyway uh, a lot about you know if you look all right on the outside, it's all it's all good. And that can be so disempowering. And you talk about how when we want something, when there is something we desire in our lives, to ask ourselves some important questions about that. Yeah. What do we need to ask? Well, to, first of all, to acknowledge that's what's happening, you know, is, is, the, uh, is the desire we have image-driven or is it, is it soul driven or spirit driven is it is it an authentic thing am i trying to get this thing to fill some sense of void in myself and the the image that we create and probably 99% of our society is in this state where they have built an image and I shall, i'll say we have built an image and we're trying to do everything we can to keep that image intact. And um, what we haven't ever stopped and asked, is this really who I am? Is this, is this what I am? And so the desires we have may be anchored in that false image, and in all likelihood are, that we're trying to finish this, this creation we've made we're trying to get bring fulfillment into something that will never be fulfilled, and so the it, it, it's a it's a it's a real act of soul searching. You know what? It, why why do I want this thing? What am I trying to experience here? Is it greater freedom? Is it greater peace of mind? And when we really ask that that question, the answer may be that I don't need the thing I think I need. I simply need to accept myself. I need to let go of this uh, this attempt to to bolster a, a, a self image that may need to die, may need to be crucified. We may may need to rele- release that uh, so that the true self can be resurrected and, and rise into our awareness. But it's it's we don't really reach that point until we're convinced that the self we're trying to support and sustain is not the self that we are. It's a self that we have picked up along the way that we've somehow come to believe that we're supposed to be or whatever. And, uh, you know, that requires a lot of honesty and a lot of uh, spiritual integrity and, you know, there's a lot of steps between getting to that point and, and where most of us are. But it's when we get to that point that we really hit, hit the, uh, the, the, the true ground of being, as Paul Tillich called it, and uh, begin to make some, some real headway on developing a quality experience. Mm-hmm. You talk um, also in Native Soul, you write about, um, about 
manifesting from that place of spirit. And, and again, certainly in our New Thought spirituality, there's been much, 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 much written about the process of manifestation and so forth. And it's, you know, there's certainly a lot of value in it. You have a little bit of a different take on that. Explain to us, as you're talking about, how do we take that God nature, that spiritual essence, and, and move, use it to get those toeholds and move forward in our lives and manifest that real self in a fuller expression in, in this earth plane? Well, the, the first question we have to answer when we ask the question, what do I want? The first answer we have to come up with is, well, who is the I that is doing the wanting? Who is this I? And because how we answer that question will, will depend on, it, it will make all the difference in how we approach the whole thing. Is this my false self that's wanting to manifest more money because I feel powerless? Um, if I feel powerless and I think money is the answer, what I'm really looking for is power. And most people have accumulated money and, and still feel powerless. And so is that the answer that I'm looking for? If I'm looking for, uh, if my objective is to overcome powerlessness, the sense of powerlessness in, in terms of my life is out of control, then um, the, the, the truth is the power, all the power I need and desire is within me. And what I've done is translate that because of my outer identification i've translated that into something like money so i'm saying i need money more money to be more powerful what what we really need is to be still and open ourselves through affirmation through um, through meditation on what power is what is true power and why do i feel feel powerless because the essence of my being is spiritual power that's one of the cornerstones to power life, uh, intelligence, and love, the four cornerstones of being. And I have all of those. And if I'm saying I don't have power because I don't have money, I'm mistranslating. And so this, again, it, it's a very, um, uh, it's a, it, the manifestation process is, is going on right now. As I say in the book, it's not something we initiate. It's something we wake up to. My life right now is an exact manifestation of how I see myself. And so if my life is not working, I can go out and try to you know, rearrange the furniture or I can ask myself, why am I manifesting a life I don't really like? And it's because I do not know myself. And... When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all the other things will be added, he's just saying that when you tap that, when you touch that deeper reality of who you are, then the manifestation process that's occurring now starts manifesting and starts reflecting the truth of who, who you are. And it becomes, as the Lord's Prayer says, on earth as it is in heaven. I, I don't really advocate... Uh, goal setting in the sense of a mindless you know i feel like i want a better job so so i set a goal to have a better job and i go get a better job because i've done that mm -hmm. and you go get the better job and you're still not happy it's, okay. uh, it's, 
Yeah, go ahead. Hold that thought. It's time for our break. We'll be right back and talk about this business of uh, power in our lives. Stay with us, listeners. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. If you're just joining us, our topic today is Who I Am is Good Enough. And my guest is Doug Batorf. Doug is a Unity Minister. He's also the author of uh, some wonderful practical books, A Practical Guide to Meditation and Prayer, A Practical Guide to Prosperous Living, A Spiritual Novel, The Whisper of Pialigos, and also uh, his recent book, which we're discussing a lot of the ideas in today, is called Native Soul, Unlocking Your Life's Potential. So thanks for joining us today, listeners. Our, uh, if you would like to learn more about my guest, Doug Batorf, you can visit his website at www.jd, that's J-D as in Doug, Batorf, B-O-T-T-O-R-F-F dot com. And so, uh, Doug, right before the break, uh, we were talking about that process of manifesting from our deepest, um, real, our real spiritual essence, not just sort of trying to get something to, not just rearranging the furniture, so you know, we think we're going to feel better in our outer lives. You were telling us about how you've had an experience of, of trying to get a different job because um, you thought that would make life better, but somehow it didn't work. What happened? <laughs> well, the, the the whole, and and what I don't want to do on on the other side of this coin is discourage people from setting goals and from, from getting better jobs and so forth, but 
it's what what I'm interested in uncovering or or getting people to uncover in their own lives is their motivation. It's the why. You know, what is it that's lacking in my life? What do I feel is lacking in my life that this thing will fill? And if we answer that question first, it's in in one of my books I talk about uh give Emerson's uh a uh, little soliloquy about uh, going to uh, going to Naples, you know, and um, I pack my bags and feel that once I get there, I think life will be great. And I get there and, you know, sail across the sea and so forth and uh, wake up only to discover I brought my own sad self with me. And that's that really hits the nail on the head. You know, it's... Uh, Setting a goal for yourself and achieving that goal doesn't mean you've stopped carrying, dragging your sad self around. And and that's what we really need to look at. There's nothing wrong with going to Naples, whatever that Naples is to us, you know, whatever that goal is. It's the motivation. Am I going there to lose my sad self or am I going there because I have a happy self to bring and, and I want to apply that or I want to bring that that creativity uh, to that new situation. Uh, I, I want to give. Am, am I wanting to take or am I wanting to give? That's that's the, uh, the basic question we ask ourselves. So this is not about either or. Do I set goals or do I not? It's not about that at all. It's about why. Am I Am I trying to get to Naples to get rid of my sad self? If the answer is yes, <clears throat> then... I say, okay, my goal really is not to get to Naples, it's to get rid of my sad self. So how do I do that? And asking that question, you come up with a whole different set of answers. You come up with a whole different plan of action. Because you can begin the work of getting, of releasing your sad self right where you are. And the, the interesting thing about it is if you can't do that, you're not going to release it anyplace else. Uh, so that's what what most people don't get is we think that if we add something more to the outside, and, and again another illustration I give in, in one of my books is uh, is thinking of that as acquiring firewood. You know, you can acquire piles and piles of firewood, but if you don't light the fire, you're never going to get warm. You can freeze to death in the middle of all of it, and that's. That's the trap we fall into with goal setting is we we want to get there so we can be more and the from a spiritual point of view you can't be any more there than you are here and if you can't wake up here you're not going to wake up there so that's that will save us a lot of heartache um in just beginning to embrace that truth and saying that my life right now is the perfect place for me to begin to wake up. You have some steps um, in your book, Native Soul, that a person can use. Uh, if you know, as you're saying, and the first one is, uh, of course, is to get clear about: Am I coming, trying to manifest strength, express strengths? And if you're clear about that, then what else can you do? What what's process? And it's not like I don't mean it's like a cut and dried you know, recipe, but, but basically what can a person do to express their strengths and move, yep. move forward? I, I think probably uh, 80 to 90 to maybe 99% of it is, is, mm-hmm. is saying to your life 
as it is right now, that you are the perfect place for me to begin to release my innate potential. I, I bring this up someplace. I brought it up many, many times, many conversations, that if your life was a person and you were talking to that person like you talked to your life, you know, what would you be saying to that person? You would be saying, you know, you're okay, but there's a lot of things about you I would like to change. And I can't really love you as you are. I can't love you until you change. You know, what would that person do if if you were giving that, and, and that person could never live up to what you're, what you're expecting of them? So you think about what what we're saying to to our lives all the time. We're saying, "I want to be somewhere else. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be with you right now." And that's a huge thing, and it's a it's a dialogue that's going on all the time that we're not even aware of. But because we're telling our life that, because we're telling ourselves that, um, any goal we set is always going to be incomplete because it it. You know, we're, we're at this point here, we're going to be at that point once we achieve the goal, but we still are saying to our life, okay, I have this thing now, but I still don't like you. You know, you're still not satisfying to me. And so some somewhere, I mean, part of the, the steps that we take are we've got to begin to accept that we are in life in its fullness right now. And we are capable of fully expressing all that we are right now. It's not something that's going to come and, uh, you know, there's there's not going to be more of us in the future. It's all here now, and we shut it off by, by saying to ourselves and to our lives, uh, you know, you're okay, but I really don't like you. I want you to change. There's a lot of things about you I'd like to change. And, you know, just when you put that in that perspective, think of your life as a person, and you're telling this person, the message you're giving your life, how would that person react to you? Would they would they warm up to you and say, I love you too? Or <laughs> would they say, uh, you know, you feel that way about me? Well, it's really hard to, to give you what you want kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a personification of uh, just imagine yourself in a conversation with your life as if it's another person. And it's pretty revealing. Mm-hmm. I know prayer and meditation uh, is a big important part of your life and, and of your point of view of getting to know this innate self and to let it express. How does how does that work? And certainly in recovery in 12-step, the 11th step is all about prayer and meditation. So it's a sure recovery concept. But how do you see that, Doug? Well, the uh, I actually reverse it. I call it would say meditation and prayer because meditation to me is is the experiential aspect of the whole consciousness changing dynamic that is the moment you have an experience your thinking will follow that and prayer really is the thinking aspect it's like um, okay you've been telling yourself you're a limited broken individual and then suddenly you get an insight that I'm not broken and limited, I'm whole. And so your thinking begins to reflect that. And in a sense, that's prayer. 
how you think about yourself is a prayer. And what most people do is approach prayer from the point of view that they've learned in Sunday school and all that uh, training that prayer is a way of getting God's attention up in the sky. And um, But prayer is is the response we have to what we believe about ourselves. And what we believe about ourselves is changed through the process of meditation, you know, the, through direct experience. It's The illustration I've given is uh, if you see a picture of a mountain, that's maybe inspirational. That's one thing. But if you're actually on that mountain, it's something totally different. You have a new experience, and your thinking follows that experience. Um, you don't have to pump yourself up to get inspired. You don't have to say, isn't this a beautiful picture? You're, you're in something that actually changes your experience. So in meditation, you, you close your eyes, you open yourself to the deeper levels of yourself. And this obviously takes practice because most of us close our eyes and our minds shoot off in a thousand directions. But to uncover the, the essence of who we are, we must turn within and to the best of our understanding seek our uh, essence within ourselves that's where it is it's not off someplace else as that begins to dawn on us what we are uh, then our mind and thoughts are our whole consciousness begins to follow that and prayer then begins to become not a request for something but an affirmation of what is true. We no longer say, God, please give me more power, or God, please give me more strength. We discover levels of power and strength within ourselves, and our prayer becomes affirmative. I am now the power of God in expression. I am now being guided. I am now whole. I am now free. Prayer is not a request. It is a statement of what is true. So it's a the, the the two processes can't be separated, but we more than likely are leaving out the experiential side, the meditation side, uh, because it's difficult to to get to that point of actually experiencing the deeper self. But our prayer is only as good as our understanding of who we are, and uh, it doesn't go beyond that. And so if, if if we see ourselves as a miserable worm of the dust and God is up in the sky, we pray, God, please help me in, in this dusty situation, uh, rather than realize we're much more than a worm of the dust. So our, our prayer reflects our understanding of God and ourselves at the deepest level, and that's where meditation comes in. It's the first thing. Great. Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. Our time is up. Doug, thank you so much for all that you have uh, said today and, and for that depth and clarity that you give it. Uh, we just appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on Spirit of Recovery. Thanks, Anna, for having me. Join us next week. I'm going to have William White. He's a prolific writer and been a professional in the recovery movement for a long time. He's going to speak with us about the recovery advocacy movement next week on Spirit of Recovery. Again, thanks to my guest, Doug Botworf, author of Native Soul, Unlocking Your Life's Potential. And thank you to all of the listeners for being with us today. God bless you. and Have a great week. 
you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Just what does that dream mean? Ever wake up from a crazy dream and wonder what it meant? Have you had a recurring dream all your life and you just can't get it to stop? Get all your questions about dreams and dream interpretation answered by the leading expert in the field. Unity Online Radio is home to America's leading dream expert, Dr. Michael Lennox. And on Mondays at 2 p.m. Central, the Dream Doctor is definitely in. Tune in to Dream Interpretation with Dr. Michael Lennox, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. 
Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.